Welcome into the 48 Days Podcast. What do you think about this? Can you be rich and still have a peaceful mindset? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. You know, here we are at the very end of September. This is the time you're going to start hearing me talk about the importance of writing down goals for next year. You know, and it's not enough just to think about them. You really need to write them down. There's something that happens when you write them down. Writing things down will change your life. Now, I'm going to have next week, I'm going to be able to link you to the brand new 2020 goal setting worksheets free resource we provide it every year we update it but anyway you can go through because i want you to start working on that i want you to start thinking now what do you want 2020 to look like i mean can you imagine a more exciting year 2020 perfect vision i mean there's so many things that we can build on as we roll into this new year i'm excited about it working on mine on my head of ahead of the game in terms of my goals set for next year get some really fun things that I've already got in motion that I know we'll be releasing next year. A couple of new books, a couple of new courses. Anyway, a lot of fun things. I've already committed to more speaking engagements for next year than I've ever done this far in advance. So writing things down is what starts to release the magic. You know, even in the Bible, we're commanded to write. Now think about that. This was back before most of the world could read. And yet there are 89 times in the Bible where it says, write, write it down. Well, we'll be looking at that more in the next couple of weeks. Here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, do you have any suggestions on what I could do 348 days in advance of a move to another state? Golly, I love it. There's a, there's a long-term planner. Yeah, I got some ideas for you for sure. How long should an online course be? Now, we got a bunch of questions this week that had to do with leveraging your information, your knowledge, having, a, having your own course is certainly a legitimate way to do that. So I'm going to give you a little bit more information on that this week than typical. So if you're interested in creating your own course, which is a very legitimate way to leverage your, your unique knowledge and information, we got some tips for you. How can I leverage my knowledge about security into online and offline income? And then somebody wants to know, is it possible to train myself into a new career? Yes. I'm going to end whatever length of time we have here. I'm going to end with a story about Joshua. He went from being a blacksmith to a six figure programmer in seven months, training himself without a college degree. I'm going to share that story again. It's one we get an update on every year or so from Joshua, but just a delightful story. Well, here's our quotation for today. This comes from Albert Einstein, who said, a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. Okay, got to let that kind of simmer a little bit. A calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. Now, I believe in wanting things, 
bigger and better and more and faster and louder. And all of those kind of adjectives that we ascribe to, you know, something that's growing, being, becoming different. But at the same time, you know, we don't want that to be so consuming that we're always on edge, always unhappy, always restless. No, there ought to be a contentment that we have as we're going. Well, how can you leverage your unique knowledge? Now, here's our resource for today. You can get my Venn diagram that I talk about. You can get an example of that if you just go to 48days.com slash Venn, V-E-N-N. So simple to get to. Now, we're going to have a lot of resources today. I'll have all these listed in the show notes, so they're easy to get to. But that one is 48days.com slash Venn. And the title of the article where it lays out the Venn diagram is Coaching, Speaking, or Writing Can Leave You Poor. And I talk about doing just one of those can be a challenge to ever create significant income. But if you combine those and more, and that's exactly what the Venn diagram is, That's the model we use here at 48 Days and a model that we've shared with a lot of people. Well, a couple good news items here, and then we'll move into those questions. Remember the billionaire who promised to pay off the college debt? for He gave the graduation speech. Millionaire Robert Smith spoke at Morehouse, and he said he was going to pay off the student loan debt of the graduating class that he was speaking to. Well, it, it was big news, obviously, you know, like $40 million. He donated to wipe out their school debt. Well, he's back again. You know what he's going to do now? He wants to pay off the debt of those kids' parents' student loans. Now, think about that. Now, do we, are you kidding me? I mean, parents who have kids who are now graduating from college, I mean, do the math on that. So the kids graduating from college must be 22 years old. So somebody had to at least been that old to have, let's say that they graduated at 22, had a child. So they're now 44 years old, 44, 45 years old, and still have student loan debt. You think anybody does? Well, of course you do. I mean, when we see the it's like $1.3 trillion in student loan debt at this point. There's a whole lot of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. When I took over my mother-in-law's care at 71, I negotiated a settlement on her college student loans that she had at 71 years old where they were garnishing her Social Security check taking part of that, which they can do, obviously being government-backed, it's the same fund. So they were garnishing, taking part of her little meager Social Security income that she had coming in. As a school teacher, as a previous school teacher, they were garnishing that because she still had unpaid student loan debt that she had signed off on multiple times, but had not paid. Well, yes, indeed. So millionaire Robert Smith is back. I mean, that's a cool kind of thing. He's put in another $34 million to pay off the student loan debt of the parents of the 2019 class where he wiped out all of their student loan debt. Now, the president of the school, Morehouse College, says it's our hope that our graduates will use their newfound financial freedom to pursue their career goals, to lead and serve the community, and to remember the spirit of the gift given to them by paying it forward to support the education of future classes of Morehouse 
students. Now, the thing is, they're going to track this. They're going to make a study of this. They're going to study the freedom of choice that alumni experience in their lives and careers when their student loan balances are paid in full. Well, what difference does that make? I mean, it ought to make a difference. A lot of you listening have student loan debt. What difference would it make in your life if you did not have student loan debt? Would you just get right back in debt again by doing making another poor choice like that? Or would you really see that as a benchmark to move your life forward? Now, we have a lot of Dave Ramsey listeners who are also listeners of this podcast, and a lot of you have got not a debt. You know what it feels like. I mean, that marvelous debt-free scream that so many of you have done and getting to that point to be debt-free, I mean, that's a major thing. Well, this is kind of a circular presentation argument here of seeing the burden that student loan place on students. Hearing the stories that we hear week after week after week, people with you know $200,000. And we have somebody right now in our Eagles community. Yes, she has a medical degree, but She's probably, I would say she's probably in her mid-50s, and she has over $200,000 in student loan debt still. I mean, how sad is that? So the point is, uh, don't get into that kind of debt. Do something else so you don't have to hope for some benefactor to come along and wipe it out. Just make sure you stay in control of that. Don't get in that position. Well, here's, here's another note that has to do with uh, giving a chunk of money as well. This movie star lives such a simple and happy life. He's giving his net worth to charity. Now, this is Chow Young Fat. He's a beloved movie star from Hong Kong. Recently announced he's going to be giving away his entire fortune to charity. $714 million dollars. Now, he's, he's 63 years old, and you can look this guy up. You'd, you'd recognize him because he's been in movies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Better Tomorrow. I mean, he's, and he's accumulated because of the success of the movies that he's been. Yes, he loves acting, but he's got $714 million in net worth at this point, and he just doesn't need it. Now, according to news outlets there, this dude lives a pretty modest lifestyle, spending only about $100 a month. So instead of driving luxury sports cars like a lot of movie stars do, living in a mansion like most of them do, he buys his clothes at thrift stores. He and his wife prefer to eat at food stalls. He takes uh, public transportation wherever he goes. And he only recently bought a smartphone after the Nokia phone that he had owned for 17 years finally broke. He and his wife say they plan on giving the fortune away to a number of charities, including their own charity, which they've managed for several years. And here's what he says. He says, my dream is to be a happy and normal person. And then he continues. He says, this, the hardest thing in life is not about how much money you earn, but how to keep a peaceful mindset and live the rest of your life in a simple and carefree manner. Now, that's pretty profound. Now, what do you think? If, if you had $714 million, do you think you could learn how to live a peaceful life? Or would your life really be a wreck, as it appears to be with so many people who have that kind of wealth? You know, years ago, I wrote a little piece, and it was, uh, well, I'll just share it with you. A miser 
to make sure he controlled all his wealth, sold all that he had and converted it into a great bar of gold, which he hid in a hole in the ground. Then he repeatedly went to visit and inspect it. This roused the curiosity of one of his workmen, who, suspecting that there was a treasure, when his master's back was turned, went to the spot, dug it up, and stole it away. When the miser returned and found the place empty, he wept and tore his hair. But a neighbor who saw him in his extravagant grief learned the cause of it, said, Fret thyself no longer, but take a stone and put it in the same place, and think that it is your lump of gold. For as you never meant to use it, the one will do you as much good as the other. Well, the moral of the story is that this is one of Aesop's fables. And the moral of the story is the worth of money is not in its possession, but it's in its use. So yeah, it's not just the accumulation of money that's meaningful. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do to share your wealth as you get more? You know, we've got an upcoming event for my mastermind and our theme is living well, giving well. And the challenge we're presenting is, as your wealth increases, how do you give responsibly? How do you give in a way that doesn't hurt the recipient? As an example, we're going to be looking at that in detail. Living well, giving well. Well, I hope that you can continue to live a peaceful life as your wealth increases dramatically. All right, so this comes here from um, Bill who says, and I love the podcast. And this is the one, 348 Days to the Work I Love. I've used your book to land my last three jobs, and I've recommended it to a lot of people. Sadly, most people won't read it, but just keep complaining that they can't find a decent job. This time next year, my family is moving 1,300 miles to Florida. I work in IT, computers. I'm sitting comfortably in a stable three-legged stool, so plan to keep doing the same. And of course, that three-legged stool he's referring to is where I talk about talent, passion, and money. And he says, while I know what you want me to do 48 days before the move, do you have any suggestions on what I could do 348 days in advance? Thanks for all you do. Well, yeah. Bill, I mean, I love this question. I love the way you're, you're making this plan, anticipating. So there are a lot of things you can do that'll have you really in the driver's seat as you make this transition. For one thing, make sure your IT skills are relevant and up to date. If there's a couple of courses you need to take, you got plenty of time to do that so that you're really relevant and up to date. Review the job search process in 48 Days to the Work You Love. How do you do that? Incidentally, I'm working on the 20th anniversary edition of 48 days and the job search process is not going to change much. It's proven so effective time after time, after time, the stories we get, it's not going to be modified a whole lot. It's still radically different than what most people do, as you know, but we're going to refine it a little bit because of the workplace changes. What you're looking for may actually change. You may not actually be looking for that traditional 40 hour a week where you clock in and clock out. So that's going to change a little bit, but other than that, it's going to stay pretty much the same. So make a list of the 30, 40 companies that you'll in the area that you'll be moving to just like it's laid out now. Then start the process of sending out 10 to 12 introduction letters at a time 90 days in advance of your move. Now you can still do it in 48, but if you move that on out a little bit, it'll give you more relaxed time to do that, more time to interact with potential companies that you want to, you know, interact with. 
Now, obviously, you know how to do this. So I want you to enjoy the process, anticipate having fun, being in the driver's seat, and then choosing your next position. All right, now this next question comes from John. It says, I've been considering putting together an online course. How long should it be? It seems the general attention span for many has decreased over the years. So if you're going to do a course, let's say that you have expertise. Let's say that you, I mean, I talked about a lady recently who has courses on how to make great sourdough bread. I mean, she has, it's $12. She has a whole bunch of courses on variations of that and has made a whole lot of money. I mean, as, as I was reporting, she had made $173,000 selling her little courses, having gone from welfare to selling her little courses about how to make, make sourdough bread. Now, they're pretty short. And in something like that, you can. Now, here's, here's the thing. Here's the principle, John, I want you to, to understand. I have never had anyone complain about a course being too short. All right? So that's the baseline. Never. We've put out a lot of courses out there and a lot of different lengths. I've never had somebody complain about a course being too short. The counterpart is, have we had people complain about a course being too long? Yes, we have. But never has somebody complained about a course being too short. Now, I'm going to give you a link here that I want you to go to because I'm going to reference my friend Amy Porterfield's material on this. She's the best source for what you want. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a cumbersome link, but if you go to amyporterfield.com slash learn hyphen with hyphen Amy, that's it. But I'll put that in the show notes so you can go there. But she has a free starter kit. It's the ultimate course creation starter kit. So if you go there, you're gonna you're gonna find and it's really a robust PDF. She shares generously there about her information about how to put a course together. And that's certainly what I recommend. She says there are five different types of courses, and this is going to have a lot to do with how long they are. Number one, being a workshop course. So this addresses an immediate challenge. I mean, it could be like, um, you know, how to craft a powerful 30 minute speech or seven tips for giving the best wedding toast ever. And that's the kind of thing you would have in just a short workshop course. And it may be, you know, 20 or 30 minutes in length itself, the workshop course. So where it's a real specific, immediate challenge, something you're going to, you know, look up, you're going to Google for a solution and see this little course. The next one, number two, is the starter course. So this is where you get a little bit more understanding on something. It could be on understanding your Enneagram style or your disc personality profile. It could be uh, how to write a great resume. And that would be perhaps, you know, two hours. Two hours would be a good length on that. Then you move up to, as a matter of fact, we've got a new one coming out on coaching with excellence. And it's really a replacement for what we used to do in a live event. And I told Ashley, I think we could condense the meat of what we covered in two days in a live workshop into a two hour course. And that's exactly what we've done. So that one with all the videos, worksheets and everything is going to be about two hours. The number three is what she calls the spotlight course. This dives into one area only. And this is, we've, we've got a new one coming out. That's going to be how to start and run your own mastermind. All of the content is less than an hour. All the videos 
worksheets and everything, less than an hour, again, a spotlight. And then Amy describes what she calls the signature course, where this covers a, a much wider curriculum. It can walk you through step by step. Now, a good example of that is our online 40 Days to the Work You Love course. It's six two-hour sessions. So it's 12 hours, but obviously covers a lot of territory. How to understand yourself, how to understand your personality, how to really get a sense of what your unique dreams, passions, and talents are, how to focus that into a real concise, compelling, engaging resume, how to do a job search, how to negotiate salary, how to explore work options that are outside the traditional job arena. So there's all of that. That's certainly a signature course. And again, you can access that if you go to 48dayseagles.com slash university, it'll take you to where we have that particular course. And then she describes what she calls the certification course. That's going to be even longer. That may take place over a series of weeks, a certification course. Our coaching mastery program, we see as a six-month process. There are within that sub-courses like Coaching 101 that you go through, like the DISC certification that you go through. So there are going to be components. So that's a real broad overview. Again, we've got then the workshop course, the starter course, the spotlight course, the signature course, the certification course, and all of those are going to be different lengths. So you really start with what is it that you're trying to convey? Do you have, don't, but, but here's what I want to caution you. Don't try to artificially make it long thinking that people are going to be more attracted to it because it is long. I have a lot of courses that come across my desk, my computer that I'm interested in. And when I see how long they are, I absolutely just reject them and go on. Just because I don't want to invest that much time. I mean, and, and sometimes people as bonuses, you buy something and then they give you a bonus to like their three day workshop where you get the live audio and video. And I'm like, I have never gone back and watched a three day process for anything, my own or anybody else's. I mean, it's just, I'm not attracted to that much content. And a lot of times I reject, I, de I decide not to purchase something because it's so lengthy that I'm, I, I don't want to invest that much time. So shorter is better as you're thinking about what to do in a course. Now we got some others that kind of, kind of, that kind of go with this as well. Here, let, let me uh, let you listen to this one and, and we'll unwrap it as well. Hey Dan, thank you so much for all that you do and inspiring your community of listeners to explore and grow a business that aligns with their natural gifts. My question today relates to my husband. My husband has over 20 years experience in the corporate physical security sector, and he has a treasure trove of useful knowledge that could help millions of professionals in his industry. How does he take the steps to entrepreneurship and create an offline and online presence to share his knowledge and advice with other physical security specialists? All right, Chrissy, thanks, thanks for your question there. Now, this is a perfect setup for what we just described. Having knowledge about physical security, that lends itself to all those things in the Venn diagram that we talk about on here so much. You could do a little ebook. You, know, you could do a course 
That would, this would be a great example. You could do a course on how to keep your home secure. Um, how to, um, here, here's one. You could do a, a 15 minute course on how to go from a mall or a public place to your car in a parking lot and maintain your personal security. You could do that. I mean, your husband could offer to uh, do a workshop, a 45 minute workshop where he would do that, you know, speak at different kind of events where he would be paid for doing that. You guys could set up a site that has to do with personal security, charge a low monthly fee, or simply be a resource for materials where you have affiliate relationships. So you refer people out to products and by doing so, you know, get an affiliate fee on that. So there are a lot of ways to leverage that. Again, great question. And it falls in line with a lot of other questions today on how to leverage your unique intellectual property in your case, unique intellectual knowledge like that. And you can walk right through coming up with seven or eight different ways that you can share that and create online and offline income. Now, Sarah asked this, she says, Dan, our calling and interest thirty for 30 years have been expressed through voluntary hands-on care by ministering to animals, predominantly dogs and cats in need. We're hoping to shift to a more informational, educational expression, including through our income. We have the heart motivation and hands-on experience, along with the sales, marketing, and desire to serve people through my husband's God-given and cultivated abilities and history of success. He's very relationship and customer service oriented. While we have interest in doing further research, um, for example, books, writing, compiling, and affiliate marketing products, our initial idea is a simple newsletter that pet-related businesses can add their name to and email to their customers. We would compile, create, and send it to the business owners for $25 a month. There are other companies that offer this service for more money and more service. Thank you, Sarah. New new Eagle. Well, welcome to the Eagles. Sarah, delighted to have you there. I would like to see you do exactly what I've just been talking about, to leverage your idea in more ways than doing what you're doing there. That could be a small part of what you do, where you compile, create, and send in a newsletter that businesses can just insert their name in. It's very commonly done for people in particular industries, be those accountants, uh, real estate agents, you know, dentist or whatever. There's a lot of services that do that. Yeah, look at those best practices, but also look at why are they charging what they're charging? I think 25 is really low. Real, I, I think it's going to be, you know, now if you have something that's just really just a template, you just send it out and all they do is drop their name in there, you know, then there's not a lot of individualized work. But frankly, I think it sounds like a pretty low amount. I mean, think about the time that it's going to take to sell that idea where you have to go to those you know, pet store owners and sell, sell that idea that in itself is going to take a significant amount of time and effort, even if it's done electronically in some way or through Facebook ads or whatever, but to get somebody for $25 a month, I mean, if you get, I mean, you're talking about pet stores, so you're not talking about millions and millions of prospects here. I mean, I don't know how many pet store owners there are in the United States, but I'm sure there are a lot. But if you had, you know, a hundred of those that did that, and I think it'd take a significant amount of time to get up to a hundred 
in whatever fashion you're promoting that. I mean, that's only $2,500 a month income, certainly not enough to live on. You're going to have to be doing other things in that space as well. Now, if you can do that, take your knowledge and be doing ebooks and courses and seminars and workshops and coaching. You know, those are things where you can make money with that area of expertise and then have this service just be one little part of what you do. Yeah, you can, you can probably do that. Do that. Okay. All right. Got another, now this, this is kind of related as well, but I want you to listen to Pete's question here. Hi, Dan. I'm a professional coach and I have a client who I think is a perfect candidate to set up a mastermind group. She is a global subject matter expert and has many people asking her for advice, which in the past she has given away freely. I thought I heard you mention on a previous episode that you took a course that led to you setting up 48 Days Eagles. Can you give me the name of that course? Yeah, Pete, I appreciate your question, and, and absolutely, I can give that to you. That course was Stu McLaren's course, and it's called the Tribe Course. How to put people together, you know, where you have a tribe, and it's exactly what we've done with the Eagles community. And yes, I did a lot of study before we launched the Eagles. Now, we had 48days.net for years. A lot of you were part of that. Uh, we had that had 16,000 people that were in that community. And then we changed to a much more structured, much more content driven and really helping people with specific ideas in what is now the 48 Days Eagles community. Prior to launching that, I went through a couple different courses, but the primary one was Stu McLaren's The Tribe Course. And if you go to tribeworkshop.com, you'll be able to get access to that. He also has a Facebook community that I'm a member of. It's membership and subscription site community with Stu McLaren. I'm not sure if that's closed or if you have to have purchased the course to be in a part of that. I'm really not sure. I suspect it might be one you can just be a part of if you're interested in having a membership, but it's definitely check that out. His course, incidentally, was $2,000. Uh, now, I promoted it to our audience, and we had an affiliate relationship, so I got compensation that more than covered the cost of my course by having other people um, purchase the course as well when he launched that. But it was $2,000, 1997, and it's about 14 hours in length. And that one, I went through every single detail because it was that important. I was getting ready to launch something really important. It has served us extremely well. Have I made back that money and more? Well, yes, I have over and over and over again. So it was worth that investment. Now I'm also a member of another site where that's called membershipmultipliers.com. And that young guy that runs that is Scott Whitaker. He's written a book called Accelerate. Again, it talks about the power of having a membership community. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be going to a two-day workshop with Scott in Atlanta here in a couple of weeks, taking Brian Dixon, who's our, been our community director with the 48 Days Eagles with me. We're going to go down and continue to learn. Now, this is one of those things. Yeah, This is how I approach a new area of expertise. If I want to get into something, I'm going to study it every way that I can to figure out how is this done? 
by people who are doing it really, really well. Well, hey, just a reminder here, these are real life questions. I love opening the mailbox each week and seeing as the questions come in. Thank you for sharing those with me. If you've got a question you'd like us to unpack here, just shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. That's the easiest way. You can uh, leave an email or leave a voice message there as you want, as some of the people today have done. You're hearing those, but most people just shoot that in as a question written form to askdan at 48days.com. Now, this comes from David. And I love what this lays out. David says, I'm looking at a change of careers on the whole. I've been a successful, self-supported opera singer, voice teacher, and church musician. Boy, right there. I mean, a lot of people who are listening wish you could do that. Wouldn't love to take your music. We talk a lot about how artists, whether it's visual art or being a musician or magician or comedian. How do you take those things, turn it into real income? Well, David, it says, I've been successful as a self-supported opera singer, voice teacher, and church musician. I've done everything that I wish to do in that industry, though, and I'm ready for a radical move into something else, probably into Seattle's rich technology community. In the last two weeks, I've listened to every podcast episode of yours since January. I'm looking into Coursera and Udemy to gain skills. My question is this, how do I know where to start in the immense amount of training material out there? I'm prepared for a few months of transition and retraining, but the amount of material out there would have me doing it for years before getting anywhere. All right, here's the deal. And you can do this. I mean, I love your intentionality with how you're setting this up. You can choose three to four courses in specific areas of technology. So you then present yourself as an expert in something. I mean, what you don't want to do is have a little bit of knowledge in a lot of areas. There's a whole lot of people out there who have a kind of general knowledge in technology. You want to be able to raise your hand and say, wow, you want to know about Java? That's me. You want to know about LAMP? That's me. You know, so it it could be cybersecurity. It could be artificial intelligence. I mean, you could even choose a specific software program like Shopify. We get a lot of, we use Shopify as the backend engine for all of our product purchases. So whether it's purchasing a course or a book or an audio or whatever, or our coaching mastery program, it goes through Shopify. Well, Understanding how to set up Shopify to have all those courses going through is a real specific area of expertise in and of itself. So there are people that just learned that. You could do that. That would be a shorter path to just become really experienced in Shopify or Kajabi or ConvertKit, something like that. Uh, One of my go-to sources in technology is Sean Lemon. He is the digitalorganizer.com. You can go there and see how he lays out his services. Uh, he's, he, he says, tired of wasting precious hours on frustrating technology. My mission is to help you get control of your digital life by helping you create a simple, streamlined, and organized digital workspace. Joanne and I depend on him. If we get a new computer, we don't try to shed, set it up. We have Sean take care of that for us. Um, it doesn't even matter if he's here. He can do most things remotely. But if I'm having a challenge, if I get stuck or whatever, now there are a lot of things he doesn't do 
I recently contacted him and said, you know, I want to get a new router at the house and then I want to have it, I want to have it interact with the router that I have back here at the sanctuary. He said, I'm not your guy. He gave me a couple recommendations. I want a different direction. Totally. He knows clearly what his expertise is. And, um, and I think his, um, I think his rate is three seventy five an hour and believe me, he's worth every penny. I mean, what he can do in two hours, it would take me two weeks to do. So we just depend on him for that. And you can do the same. Now I pulled up just real quickly. If you get involved in technology and you're, you know, do basic software developing or anything, you know, you're going to be able to expect compensation anywhere from about 80 to maybe $120,000. And somebody would just, it says with average information technology, the salary is $97,000. So that's pretty cool. Hey, I want to end with just one, one quick story from a longtime listener who's given us updates over the years. But this guy, this came from Josh. Joshua was, uh, he was homeschooled, didn't go to college, and he was a farrier. Now, a lot of you probably aren't going to know what that is. It's kind of a, a fancy word for blacksmith. So he was a blacksmith. He was shoeing horses. But he went from that to being a six-figure programmer in seven months without going back and getting any kind of degree at all. So this was from, this is from, you know, several years ago, and then I'll give you the updates, but he said, dear Dan, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your books and podcasts. I feel like I get to sit down and have coffee with you every Friday. I've been listening for the, the last two and a half years. This was back then. I am a farrier and thought I could never get out of this line of work, but thanks to listening to you, I taught myself to be a software developer, studying 21 hours every week for the past seven months. So there's, there's a process for you is do it like that. Do it like he did there. Seven months, 21 hours a week. And then he put himself out with the resume showing, and he got hired and he is in a six figure plus income. Now, and he had multiple offers right off the bat with that. Now, here's, here's the deal. He says, after landing, you know, that first tech job at over $100,000, I received a lot of emails from people because I had talked about it from people wanting to know how I did it. So I wrote a book. How often have you heard me talk about if you've got an area of expertise, put together an ebook to put together a course, put together, you know, write a book. The book did very well. Soon after publishing on Amazon, one of your podcast listeners reached out to me about making an audio version of the book. So the audio version has done extremely well. Um, never would have thought about having an audiobook. It's amazing what happens if you take action and go for your dreams. Recently, I was listening to your podcast. You were mentioning how online courses were even more profitable than writing a book. I decided to listen to your advice yet again, spent the next month working nights and weekends. I created my own line course showing others how to land a high tech job quickly. Dan, your advice was spot on again. My course had 10 people sign up in the first two days, each paying $197. So there's what that's $2,000 there in the first two days. And I talked just recently about uh, Vincent Puglisi, who as a journalist, journalist photographer, decided that he would create a course after coming to one of our events, create a course, which he did showing parents how to take great shots of their kids in sports. 
That's what he did. Well, what a cool course. He launched the course and in one Friday, 24 hour period, launching the course in its very first version, he generated more income than he had been making in his annual salary. That's the power of leveraging your information. Well, how can you leverage your unique knowledge? That's my question for you then this week. What is it that you know about that really sets you apart? What is it perhaps only you really understand how to do well? How can you leverage your unique knowledge? Again, our resource for today is to go to the, uh, go to 48days.com slash Ven, V-E-N-N. That's the one that gives you that information about how to leverage, you know, how to take what it is you know about, get it out there. So it gives people multiple ways to experience your unique expertise. Cal, you can do that. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you've been working in a traditional job, one of these J-O-Bs we got talking about in the background here. doesn't matter if you've been doing that for 20 years. There are certainly things in that experience you could take to leverage into some of these products that we're talking about and have the kind of results of some of these listeners like you who were just where you were, but they took action and developed something that allowed them to experience income beyond what they ever had dreamed about. Now, we've talked about being rich and having peace of mind. Certainly, we don't want to change the person that you are. And actually, having more money typically doesn't do that. It doesn't change who you are. It just accentuates who you already are. So if you're kind and gentle and loving and compassionate, you're probably going to be that even if you have more money. If you're a jerk now, you're going to be a bigger jerk when you have money. And we see a lot of that evidenced out there. Well, keep in mind our Quotation for today from Albert Einstein, a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. I hope you have that modest life with riches all around you because you know how to live peacefully even in the midst of wealth. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this growing group where we know we can find or create work that is meaningful purposeful and profitable you don't have to settle for less you really don't enjoy your week to change the